everybody. It's Matt Kenyon. Welcome back to another episode of Composer Code. Uh, you might be wondering why my voice sounds a little weird in this intro, and that's because my SM57 finally kicked the bucket and uh, surrendered its soul to the ether of the microphone afterlife. Um, yeah, it, it died, so I'm recording this on my phone, but uh, the show must go on, right? So... I want to uh, introduce Daniel Kessner to you. He is a, uh, a really interesting guy, um, an oceanographer and a composer with a style unlike anything I've ever heard in video games before. You'll hear how he describes his style. It's really fresh and hip and modern and... Uh, when I discovered his music, I knew I had to have him on the podcast to talk about his process. So we go all over the place in this interview, share some of our folk uh, geekery and our influences. And he was just a really fun guy to talk to. And I know that um, even though Donut County was his first game, that he's going to go really far in the composition space. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Daniel Kessner. I discovered your your um, the Donut County soundtrack uh, through Spotify, and I was shocked just that it was from a game because it sounds so uh, so hip, you know, and modern, and unlike anything I'd ever heard before. How would you describe your style in Donut County to someone who just asked you about it? Yeah, I I I, I, wor- I work hard on on getting this right. Um, these days, the way I describe it is um, experimental folk hop. So like hip hop, but with folk in the the former, uh, that that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, because I'm really deeply inspired by a lot of hip hop and also folk music. I kind of went from liking a lot of acoustic folk music into liking hip hop and experimental beats and things. So it's really this merge of the two. Um, and um, as far as I mean, it's easy listening. You know, I use a lot of I say experimental because there's a lot of uh, computer processing and effects. And, you know, it's funny. Oftentimes I hear people say, like, I love that you use the banjos. And I'm like, there's no banjos there. <laughs> you know, it's just layers of, of ukuleles and acoustic guitars that are pitched in, all, in different directions. And I totally hear, like, almost Jay Dilla style hip hop yep. inspirations um, with these really interesting acoustic instruments like sort of lo-fi like some stuff almost sounds like it was intentionally sort of recorded in a lo-fi environment what uh what kind of acoustic um influences did you have sort of going into your hip-hop influences i'm curious who on the folk side that you enjoyed listening to yeah so i miss like so you know sufjan stevens is someone who i just absolutely adore i still do love his music i listen to it all the time so i mean and that might make sense when you hear some of my music um i you know beirut was someone who i was really inspired by too early on uh beirut i know and um uh, there's some other kind of more obscure artists like nathan phillips i'm not sure if you've ever heard of him but i haven't uh, he, you know, he does these like I would almost call them lullabies. These gentle acoustic uh, lullabies that are just layers of some really like droney but like pure tones and just totally beautiful in this like whisper vocals. Um, so you know, I'm really drawn to that stuff. I mean, some Philip Glass type work. 
um, you know, these really kind of uh, arpeggio type folk, you know, instrumentation um, with banjos, ukuleles, and stringed guitars. Um, trying to think of some other ones. You know, I also really liked the Strokes when I was growing up. I mean, they were a huge band for me. Uh, um, but yeah, more on that side, uh, the kind of the guys I've described earlier. So you mentioned that you used a lot of ukulele on the the album. And I know Sufjan Stevens is someone who uses a lot of banjo in places where banjo usually doesn't belong, which I think is really cool. He uses it in a very different way. Um, what made you choose ukulele? Was there just a nav- natural gravitation toward that instrument or was that like a conversation with the developer? Yeah. So um, I w- maybe we'll get into the game, how it came about a little bit later too. But um the ukulele I was drawn to in late high school, I, I started playing bass in, you know, some kind of like indie alt rock punk bands, you know, high school bands. So I played bass from like 12 on. And then, you know, like 17 or so, I picked up the ukulele. I was really intimidated by the guitar, like six strings, but I wanted to play chords. The bass like really didn't cut it. And the ukulele was just this like, it was just so unintimidating. You know, you can just four strings, uh, Mm -hmm. not even that many frets. You know, it was just, it was this really natural, simple thing I could try to play chords with. And uh, I became it just became something that I was really comfortable with. And it, and I never took lessons or even tried to emulate any like traditional ukulele styles. So, you know, it's just, I love the nylon strings. I love the simplicity of it. And, you know, the first ukulele I had, I actually um, put a piezo electric pickup in it and a, and a jack and then I would play it through a looping pedal and I'd make these kind of elaborate loops with just the ukulele. And uh, it kind of just became my natural like go-to when I'm trying to create a sound. That's really cool. I want to dive into some of the production techniques you used because I noticed there was a lot of doubling stuff and that makes a lot of sense. I want to ask before I do that and I want to dive into how the game was formed. Do you know about Andrew Bird? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's another guy who I really like. I've seen him live and it's just like awesome. He's like the example of like how professional a looping pedal can sound right like you can you can do killer stuff with like just a looping pedal um and i love his yeah his violin picking and uh plucking uh yeah beautiful sounds so i know that uh based on your twitter feed and some research i did that you you created this game donut county with your friend ben how did that happen you know from what it seems like like i tried to kind of piece together the history it seems like just two friends coming together to make something cool can you tell me the story of how donut county came to be yeah so um so ben and i we roomed in college like uh, sophomore year and we were both uh we went to this um poly our rensselaer polytechnic institute it's like a you know, tech, technical engineering private school in upstate New York. Um, and we both were like kind of outliers in that world. Uh, we were both kind of very artistic and into, you know, creating and music. And so we ended up meeting at this, um, uh, like a student club called ground zero, which basically we were like a DIY event space. So we would, 
you know, run event, run events. We'd book bands, do like three dollar shows. Uh, we'd have open mics, and so it was like a really cool community of people who loved music who were at this school. And so we hooked up there. We became roommates. We were in a couple bands together. I mean, if, if you have a chance, you should check out uh, No Baxies if you can find them. Uh, he was like the lead of that band, and it's just this hilarious like punk joke band uh it's you can find it on Bandcamp, i think but he made some awesome music i made some stuff and we connected in a, a kind of a deeper level there um and he was into making video games um i was i'm doing you know science and engineering but he he liked my music he liked the style it was it was different and he included it in like a prototype of the game like seven years ago um, like I think we just graduated and he was like, Hey, by the way, I used your music in a game. Is that okay? And I'm like, of course, man. Like I, I didn't think much of it. And it, it won some awards for like, uh, graphic design or something. And so it got on some radars and, uh, and he was like, you know, Hey, I'm going to include you in the budget. So is, is that okay? And I was like, of course. So, you know, that was like seven years ago. And he went through his trials and tribulations getting the game finished. Uh, I mean, he's like the head, he did everything in that game. I mean, there's some support, but for the most part, it's like entirely him. And uh, he struggled with finding, you know, funding. And eventually he, you know, I, there was a period like a couple of years ago where I was like, I was convinced that the game wasn't going to come out and that, or it was going to come out and he wasn't going to use my music because, you know, he's also a really talented musician. Um, and it just, it was just, um, he got the attention of Annapurna and they decided to back it full, full force. And he got the funding he needed. They, you know, put it out there and, uh, publicized it. And, um, so it's, uh, it was a really long process and there were moments where I was like, is this going to even happen? And, uh, we were just two friends and creating something fun and cool. And I had no idea that it would do so well. Um, I mean, I thought it was amazing, but I just I had no idea. And um, yeah, so, so with, with that being said, like th the way it came about was it was such a long time period. And throughout that whole, you know, six years or so, I just said, hey, Ben, I'm just going to send you the music I make that kind of fits this aesthetic that you're going for. And I mean, at the end of the, when it was finally coming together, when we were finally like choosing this tracks for the, the different levels, um, I mean, there was something like 70 pieces of music that we were kind of cutting down from uh, maybe even more that I had sent him. But, you know, we were looking at these like, uh, I think it was like 50 or so at the end. And then we cut it down to the, the I think, 42 that it is now. Um, I should also know that he made a couple of the tracks himself. Um, but, you know, with that kind of process, it came about very organically. Like there was very little of him saying, like directing me or anything like that. Um, you know, I had seen some of the game uh, throughout this time period. And so I kind of got the kind of aesthetic it was. But, you know, it really was this natural merge of my style and his style in a way that just really seemed to work. Um, be and be because of that, I questioned some of my... Um, 
like <laughs> my qualification as a composer because I, uh, I, I very much make my sound, right? And it's like, I, I, I can't really craft just any sound. Uh, and I'm realizing that I'm working on a project now where I'm being kind of asked to make sounds that just aren't very natural for me. And I'm capable of it, but it's like, it's just a lot more effort than just creating casually over a six-year time period, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sorry, yeah, I just did a whole spiel there. So you can No, that's fantastic, man. That's awesome. I love I love hearing the origin stories of those sorts of things. And you said you had written like 70 something songs. How yeah. do you stay so prolific? Are you the type of person that has to push yourself and discipline yourself to write music? Otherwise, you'll just fritter the night away on Netflix or a video game. Or are you the kind of person that is so driven you just have a song in your heart, you just gotta get it into the computer? Yeah, I get my process I get so lost. I mean, I've you know, my process has, is, is an, it, it's about getting lost. And like, I usually start with very few, um, very little direction, just a little intention. Like, Oh, I like this. I want to use this sidechain compression in a way that like flying Lotus does in this track. And then I just explore and I get lost in it. And I kind of get in this really, I would almost call it obsessive mindset where, you know, time just disappears and I'm late to events and, you know, TV is not even on my mind. And, you know, next thing I know, it's two or three in the morning and, you know, I'm happy with what I made or I'm not. Um, so I'm, I, I can be oddly productive, I think, because I, I really like what I create, if that makes sense. Or, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's very like a, it's a loop almost like as I create, I'm like getting more excited about it. So I could just keep feeding it and feeding it. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's always better when you have this fuel of inspiration that sort of drives you rather than having to, I mean, obviously deadlines and disciplining yourself have a place, but when you can just naturally find so much joy in, in writing and especially like for a, for a paid client, that's, that's, that's a great place to be. Oh yeah, it is. And, uh, but you know, I, it's like now I'm working on something that has kind of a like with the with with Donut County, like there, I it was almost like there was a, there was a moment maybe, uh, I want to say the like February or January before the game came out, so like February uh, twenty eighteen, where the first deadline ever appeared, or it's like the game's coming out this summer, <laughs> like so before that there was never any like draw like uh, deadline in my mind. It was just like this might never come out. That was kind of what I thought. And, um, so, so now, you know, more in the composing world, there are really stronger, tighter deadlines where they're like, you know, you have, we have a month left to create 40 minutes of content. Um, and that's, I'm struggling a little bit with that cause I have a, another job. So like kind of, it's, kind of finding a way to discipline myself to only work on this then now and, and, you know, the other thing then, um, I find myself kind of switching, like when I'm inspired, like I'll like blow off my other job, uh, and like spend the whole day creating the music for this, this, this project I'm working on. What is the, and, and you, you don't have to talk about you know, whatever is a secret, but what are some of the aesthetic differences from what you're working on now to Donut County? Like what style are you having to write in now? Yeah, more, more like, um, electronic. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, more like MIDI driven and um, 
and it's cool though. I actually really like it. It was just, it's just not as natural to me and more maybe, um, uh, you know, one of the things that in the, in the composing world I'm realizing is like, there's a lot of pressure to take 30 seconds of material and make it grab you right and make it um cinematic cinematic and emotional and uh and i like to take my time and build loops and so like there's this aspect of like we have a 30 second title sequence and we need this to sound like this and um that's the other thing that, that i'm realizing in the composing world is that they give you temp music and they say we want it to be like this <laughs> and like with this Donut county project it was just like he wanted me to do my most authentic work that fit aligned with, you know, the style of the game. You know, there was, mm -hmm. it was very like loose and, and less rigid. Um, Did you guys ever disagree on, on creative direction? You know, not really. I mean, Ben's a really sweet guy. I love the guy. He's, he's really open-minded and easygoing and they're really in terms of the game and the, the music, um, I think one of the other things to think about here is we were going from too much to less. So we had, it was like un, more than enough. So like there was no real like um, headbutting because, you know, there was already enough material. Like I feel like it could be more difficult if I was having to create from, you know, if we didn't have a surplus essentially, like then there could be maybe a little bit of a, a headbutt, but there was like a little when we were like kind of deciding which tracks go where, uh, where there was some disagreements where I was like, you know, I think this would work better here or, um, but you know, it was never really aggressive or anything like that. It was really chill. Sounds like you guys had a really good relationship. Do you think you'll ever make games with Ben again? I would love to. Um, I really would. Um, you know, the whole process that he went through going from like a bedroom game maker to, uh, I don't know how, what you would call it, but like, you know, on, you know, Apple's game, iPhone game of the year. I mean, like he is such a humble and kind guy. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this embracing the not knowing and kind of surrendering to the process. And it's like, I, I feel like he gets it and he's coming from a place of, loving kindness and like i don't think he's out to like make all this money or you know get people over or become famous so it's like this is the kind of guy that i'd want to um you know work with more and uh, we just vibe you know like for mm -hmm. real like it, it, like you know i've made music with him like in a band and i'm sure music with a lot of people and that that really is a hit or miss like sometimes it's just so difficult working with people um so he really, I feel like he really let me be me. And, um, you know, I really appreciated that. Um, and I told him, I was like, I, you know, I told him, because he's not really, I don't think he was even aware that like I'm open-minded to doing more of this. I mean, really composing is like my second thing. So um, I, I told him the other day, I was like, hey, you know, uh, I'm totally open to doing more games. So, and he's like, really? Um, Cause like, I'm sure people are going to ask me. So, you know, who knows what will happen next, but anyone he recommends, I would hope I would, you know, think of highly too. So. No, I think I have an idea of what you mean, but when you said surrender to the process, what is, what do you mean by that? Let go of control. Like, um, do, 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 
what I can, like do my, do my best and let go of the outcome and like, mm. let it come up, like create, come to be whatever it, it's going to be, uh, and not hold on too tightly to what I want it to be or what it, I think it should be. Um, acknowledge that I don't know what's best and I'm just going to do my best and see what happens. Is, is that maybe make sense? So kind of, you know, basically focusing on the craft of composition and doing basically just making great art without mm. necessarily saying to yourself, well, I'm not going to make this unless it makes a tons of mo- tons of money or gets number one on the app store or clears a profit, that sort of thing. Just basically the process of sitting down every day and making good art for a game. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it's hard to do that when there is, you know, a job involved and bills and stuff. And I get that. But um, it, it, as, as much as possible to kind of maintain that outlook. And, and again, I'm going to just emphasize this again. Like I, for the f- six years I was making music for the game, I did not know it was going to actually come about. So a lot of the music I was making, I kind of had in the back of my mind, like, I'm happy because I made the music whether or not it makes it in the game and the game comes out is like secondary. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about your process because like I said, your music is so unique. It's unlike anything I've ever heard in a game before. And I love the, the lo-fi hip hop elements. Uh, One of my, well, there's my three favorite tunes on the album are garbage day Mm -hmm. slackers and lazy river. Yeah. I really like those three. I like all of them. Like I listen to it while I work a lot. I have a day job, so I listen to it while I work. But I really like those. So one thing I noticed that was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, really interesting was the, um, there was really obviously the ukulele and it was doubled and, and, and sort of looped in very interesting ways. But also it seemed like lots of percussion, like hand percussion, mm-hmm. almost like very organic, like slapping. Like I almost pictured like someone looping someone smacking a knee or something over and over in different rhythms. Can you walk me through the process of say, if, if you remember how you did, how you wrote a tune like garbage day, like where do you start with that? Where does the idea happen and how does it come to fruition? Yeah. Garbage day. Um, so I mean, I think I made that in 2010. Um, and um, garbage day started with the ukulele. Um, it started with the ukulele loop. Um, da, 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 yeah, that, um, that was just me messing around with the ukulele. And this is how most of my songs actually come about. Uh, but there's, there's a whole nother process too. So I'm just messing around in my bedroom, wherever, just plucking the ukulele, finding kind of cool patterns that I like and imagining it as a loop, just that one part. And so that's, that song started just like that. And actually at that time I had, like just really heard about this kind of experimental beat scene that was inspired a lot by Dilla, but people like Flying Lotus and Teebs. And so I really wanted to make a beat also. Um, but I started with the ukulele loop. And um, and then once I got that loop in Ableton, because that's the software I use, um, I start feeling out percussion and... Um, I, I think for that song, I used the laptop mic for some of the, the claps and snaps. And That's I just, so awesome. And I just grabbed it and I just, just grabbed a snap or a clap. Um, I think that one also uses like, um, what, you know, those drum sticks that are like, um, uh, like, um, 
like they're a bunch of sticks like tied together. <laughs> yeah, uh, like um, they're not quite brushes, but they're I don't know what they're called. They're like I've seen them before. Sticks or something. I yeah, think. they have a yeah. lot of bounce. Uh, so yeah, I had those, and I think they're hitting some like the desk or something. Um, so it's just I'm like having fun with it. I'm really just looping and just feeling it out and having fun. Um, I think the kick in that song is a pound, is me like pounding the, the table. Um, and um, uh, the bass is actually an acoustic guitar that's been pitched down because uh, I didn't have a bass with me at the time. <laughs> um, that's so awesome, dude. Yeah. And then there's this also. This is like a testament to like how scrappy can you be <laughs> yes, as a composer right. and make incredible music. just like I want to make a beat and this is what I have and I don't want to use um, it was there was also there's a real big um, a constraint that I, I had early on and I still stick to is I don't want to use samples I want to make my own mm. samples so it's awesome uh, you know it's it's really easy to make a kick drum um, with a filter and pretty much any sound um, yeah and why not give it a little extra uniqueness for uh, sure um, so, but that, that becomes problematic sometimes if time is of the essence and, uh, you know, and there's a certain sound that people want. Right. Um, so yeah, so that one, and then also there's like this like ambient sound in the back of that track. That's, uh, I think what that is, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a, a single ukulele note that is looped with a very short, uh, time step and it's, uh, just you know, repeating very quickly. And then there's, um, some delay and, uh, reverb on that. And then I pitch that up and down. That's awesome. Yeah. I really love that. And I love the, um, the organic sound of the lo-fi uke, but then you'll hear sometimes it kind of glitches out like mm -hmm. after, like around the one minute mark, you have that thing where it like starts repeating itself. Like, uh, it basically mm -hmm. does the melody that you just, that you hummed at the beginning, but it's like kind of, uh, slightly delayed. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I love that so much. And I love when the bass comes in after like around 50 seconds. And, um, I don't know, the, the progression is just really hip too. Do you, do you come up with the progressions? Like, do you come up with the ukulele loop and then you kind of pick up the bass and say, okay, what, what bass would work under this? Or are you like, how do you sort of conceptualize where the, where the chords are going to go and stuff like that? Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, it's really, it really just comes. I mean, really, like, I mean it like when I say like, uh, like I start with a single loop that I liked when I was just playing around, fiddling around on the ukulele. Like I like, da, 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 da. I like, I was like, I love this sound. This sounds awesome. Get it in the computer. Don't even think about what else is going to come. Like just, I, I don't even know if there's going to be bass. I know I wanted a beat and then, you know, just kind of filling the space uh, with what just feels right. I mean, it's, you know, and the weird thing is like, that's like a, that's a winner. Like that track stands time. Uh, you know, I've made maybe 150 songs and like, that's, 
that's that's a winner. I mean, <laughs> uh, and so like I don't know exactly why that one came out so good either. Uh, and 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 to be real, I think I made that in 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 like a short evening. Um, I mean, I'm like the all the max the mastering and the mixing, you know, that came later. But like the the bulk of that recording was like a couple hours and you know looping, if even. That's really cool, man. And and were the other some of the other tunes like Lazy River and stuff like that is that was the process similar? Like like I like how the Lazy River sort of starts out with that lo-fi guitar strumming yeah. and then it gets sped and pitched up and yeah. that's like the new key of the song. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that, that is that just stuff that's just like you just like, hey, let me try this and then you dig it so much that you're like, I'll I'll ride with this. This will be the new key of the song. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, and also a lot. Yeah, so exactly that. A lot of times, I make things in you know one pitch in one key, and then I'm listening to it and I go, you know, this would sound better pitched up or slowed down, and I just do it, and then the whole song ends up being like sometimes like my process is make an entire song, and then pitch slow it down and pitch it down or speed it up and pitch it up, the entire piece afterwards, and then that's the final piece. You know, it's like. Uh, and I think that that's exactly how that one is. Um, like, you know, there's a whole nother version of that song that is that original key. Um, uh, and it's like, yeah, I just, like, how does it sound? It sounds good. I like this. And, uh, I just, you know, that's it. I stick with it. Um, and that one also came out with a similar process where it was like the guitar melody. I like those chords and I, the, and the way I was strumming it. And like, that was like, I focus a lot on that, like, the the way it sounds as opposed to like what the notes are like in fact most of the times i don't even know what the notes are um and i just it's something i play this strum i strum this chord and i'm like oh this is good and then like a friend will be like oh you know that's like a jazz b you know chord that people use um you know i just like try not to do the a major i try to do some weird inversion or something that's awesome. I'm, I was looking through your Instagram and I can't find it now, but I saw this picture that looked like Donut County was in an arcade cabinet. Was that, was that correct? Yeah. yeah. During the, for the release, uh, Annapurna like in created an arcade cabinet and they put it in a, um, they put it in a, um, in an, in like a barcade in LA and it was there for a little while and now it's at the Annapurna headquarters or whatever uh but that was super cool seeing that i mean it was like unreal uh like in a real arcade it had like a rolling ball because i mean the game is is like ridiculously simple i mean it's you can do it with just like the rolling mouse and a a button so how did the how were you uh how did you like the music coming out of the arcade do you was it did you feel like it captured were the speakers high enough quality to be like all right this captured my vision (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, in other was, words, did the bass slap? No, no, it didn't. But it was, in fact, <laughs> it, they didn't use all of the, it was only three levels. And gotcha. I don't even remember which ones. Um, and then also the, uh, I think it's Mira's, Mira's song is the one that was playing in like kind of, basically if no one's playing the game, that's what you hear. And that song really fit the vibe and it was just so cool here like the the soundscape of an arcade is really special um you know it's just this noise of video game sounds and coins and you know Mm. people chatting and it's just this like hum of uh you know unlike any other hum and uh it was really cool because i could like pick out my notes here and there and uh, it was a it was quite an experience 
Yeah. So also stalking your Instagram, I noticed that you have quite a few uh, analog synths and like little like like I see some. Uh, is it Teenage Instruments? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, I love those little pocket operators. Is yeah, it? the pocket operators and like some of the Korg, uh, some of the little the micro, not the micro Korg, but the little Korg, uh, the Volca. Yeah, the Volca series. Yeah, I have. So, I have yeah, I was just gonna ask, uh, what analog piece of gear or like toy do you turn to the do you find yourself turning to the most i so the so these days i've been steering away from using so i play with all of those like i just play with those um and they kind of rarely make it into my music actually because um i get really um I have a hard time surrendering <laughs> when it comes to like the sounds of synths. And when you're recording a synth, uh, you know, that's it. Like you can't sculpt the sound anymore. And I love to play. I love to play with the cutoff and tactic cases. Like I just love to like twiddle with the knobs. And so oftentimes I'm actually drawn these days to Ableton's. They have an analog uh, simulator. And I just, I love that one. I use it all the time. And I can really sculpt a pretty sweet analog sound. Um, so that's what I'm really drawn to today. But when I'm playing, it's always the the pocket operator. I love that little thing. And uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I also just got a Korg uh, Mono Tribe, or is it the mini? I think it's the Mono Tribe. No, it's not the Mono. It's uh, it's the the Poly one. Um, but anyways, Poly eight hundred. No, no, it's like a newer one. Uh, man, is I it on your look. Instagram? Because <laughs> I'm on there. <laughs> if you can't be. already tell, it might be uh, lurking right now. Uh, Let's you might, see. You might not see the. Hold on, I'm, I have to go look for it. I'll be right back. Okay, sorry. All right, no problem. Go get it. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's it's the Korg Mini Log. Um, it's probably Got it. in there, but you might not know it by the. Or I don't know if I even saved any of the. Sometimes I just do stories when I want to just throw something up um yeah the mini log's really awesome i nice really digging that one and it's got a midi input so i can really you know if i have the, the if i'm if i have the space i can you know uh still adjust some of the shaping of the sound in post by, by not recording <laughs> by recording the midi and not the analog uh, the, the mm -hmm. audio output um but yeah i actually really love that piece right now um so what's next for you, man? Are you going to keep doing some of the um, some of the game stuff or do you have a different route you want to take with music? Like, do you, do you have any desire to like perform or do anything like that? Like when you look down in the future, like what do you what do you what are some of your goals for, you know, making music? Yeah. I, so I'm doing an, I'm working on a documentary right now and I'm I'm very interested in entering the film world. Um, I've done some commercial work before. I mean, I've been placed in a commercial, but I've done work for a couple others that just didn't see the light. Um, so I would like to move maybe more in commercial route because um, I think my aesthetic kind of stands out. Like I was, I had my music in a Target commercial and um, that really fit for me. And they felt that way. Um, and, you know, I think that works well for me um but, but i also like these days i'm really i'm really into um 
film scoring. And I'm really, I've been really drawn to, um, to, to, to kind of going that route. Um, it's just, it's hard. It's kind of hard to get into. It's high stakes. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I mean, are you in LA right now? No, I'm in San Diego. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, but you know, I've just been, I've been really going down this route of kind of this ambient new classical music that I just love. And, um, you know, I want to make more of those sounds and I'm actually finding that a lot of those people that I like are actually doing film scores and it kind of fits. And, uh, like, man, and, 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 you know, I, I, when I watch, you know, Netflix and sometimes I'm just so drawn to the, the music and just like how well it works and how emotional it can get. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to do that. Um, I would be happy to work on another game too. Cause I think there's a little bit of freedom that comes in the game world in terms of like, uh, scoring to a specific time like line like i feel like video games have a bit more freedom um, sure and they work well with the loop uh uh you know i'm just like really open-minded like if you know to me music was always just like a hobby and i just love making music and like it's become something where i'm like you know what maybe this could be a career move um and i'm coming to a place now where it's like hey you know actually i'm almost ready or i could make a career move if i want and you know, the money's not really not bad if you, if you get yourself out there. And, um, yeah, so I'm sorry, that's like a very vague answer, but, uh, I'm just like, no, that's perfect. Yeah. I'd love to. Um, I just like, it's like hard. And like, one of the things I'm realizing is I have to pretend that I am a composer before I become a composer. (laughs) So true, dude. hundred percent. That is the sentiment that, I have picked up after interviewing like 21 composers. You, it's all about fake it till you make fake it till you make it, man. Yeah, that's it's really that's what it's all. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's like really, really true in this space for sure. Yeah, it's 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 like, um, and I mean, I found that with this recent thing I'm working on, it's like, um, uh, I I kind of had to like reach for it. Like it was like, it kind of was like dangling in front of me. And then I had to kind of like have the confidence to be like, I can do this and I'm going to do this. Like, and like, let me tell you why. And Mm -hmm. like, I realized that if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't be working on this project right now. And I'm like, and they're loving my music. I'm loving working on it. It's a great opportunity. Um, like, I'm so glad I did it, but I like, it, it didn't like come to me. Like I had to re I mean, it kind of did like the opportunity, like was in the, like, near field uh far field i guess but like i had to really say and convince myself that i could do it i was like nervous about that too because mm-hmm. you know i've done games and commercials and it's like can i do a documentary um and that's there's total struggles with it but the other thing that happened was one of the reasons why like it was kind of in the far field was because i don't have that much work for them to look through like it's mm-hmm. like it's like, I don't have a huge repertoire where they can be like, yeah, he can, he can do a lot or he, he's, you know, he's done other projects. So I had to kind of say, listen, I actually made some music without being paid. And I said like, this is kind of the sound I'm thinking of. And, you know, uh, kind of, and it, it worked out. Um, and then there's the whole aspect of like negotiating contracts that I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's really not easy. Um, but for some reason, there's just so many composers that are mm. that are sort of propositioning 
um, these devs. And I think it's really cool. We have to do something to stand out. And so I'm curious if you thought maybe going above and beyond and writing that unpaid music, if that if you kind of notice that making a difference maybe in the, in the communication with them, like were they surprised that you did that? Oh yeah. Oh, they were so amped. They were like, this is the kind of, you know, this is the kind of person we want working on this project. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and, and I'm going to say this also, like, I think that regardless of the field, that is how you get hired is, is you have, you have to put yourself out there more than just the resume. Um, like, you know, every job I've ever gotten has been because I've pushed for it, um, like outside of composing too. And I you see this with my friends too, who are looking for jobs as whatever they're doing, data scientists, whatever. Like, you have to, you have to do something different, and you have to kind of, I don't think nag a bit, but like show off, and mm-hmm. and that's hard sometimes for some people, and and definitely different personalities struggle with that. But you know, we all have amazing, unique skills uh and so it's just hard to make a decision when you're on the other side um and so yeah when i i made two pieces of music that i had been thinking about ever since they talked to me about it and they showed me a little clip and so i was like you know i hadn't heard from them in like two weeks and i was like uh man i i wonder you know if they've moved on and and i said you know what screw it i'm just gonna make these pieces anyways before i'm contracted and i'm gonna send it to them and that'll be how I reconnect with them as opposed to just mm. sending an email saying, Hey, are you still thinking about this? I was like, I'm going to send that email with two pieces of music and a blurb about why I feel like they fit. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And that, that really, um, I really think that's what did it. And then within two weeks from then I was like working on negotiating a contract. Um, so yeah, wow. I, <laughs> I think you have to do it. <laughs> well, you don't have to, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I def I well, I I can tell you right now that like I have a day job. The reason I got the day job was because I filmed a video of myself with my phone talking about how much I want to work there and why mm-hmm. I would be a valuable asset. And after like the third time that I'd interviewed for the job and didn't get it, I finally sent that video and got hired. <laughs> yeah. So, I I completely agree. I yeah. completely agree, man. Well, dude, this has been really enjoyable. I want to end the interview with a lightning round. The lightning round is where I ask you five questions and you just tell me the first thing that pops into your head. Does that sound good? <laughs> okay, I'll try my best. <laughs> All right, here we go. If you could collaborate with one artist, living or dead, who would it be? Oliver Arnold's. Who? Oliver Arnold's. <laughs> He's an Icelandic uh, composer guy. <laughs> okay, sweet. I'll have to look him up. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, my God. He's amazing. Like uh, he makes the most beautiful music in the world, uh, and he's the coolest guy too because he he came from like a metal drumming world, and he came and now he does this like elegant classical piano. Uh, I mean, I was, I'll give you one other thing. He he tours right now with two player pianos that have been um, that are controlled by motors that are controlled by a computer, and there's randomness involved. So when he plays his keys the pianos like on stage, the physical player pianos like play along and play back. That's crazy. It is the coolest thing in the world. And he's like a young dude. Yeah. He's pretty young. Yeah. I really, I can send you his his name. It's kind of, it's, it's O L A F U R A R N A L D S. I think. Yeah. Um, You got it. 
Yeah. Oh, I love him. <laughs> For some reason, I pictured like this old man that's been like through all of the genres of music and he was like jaded. And so he decided to make these crazy mechanisms that play with him. But this dude's like our age. Oh, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to check him out. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful music. Um, he did a tiny desk concert. That's always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. NPR. Oh, that's, a, that's a really good one, too. And his most recent album is is just phenomenal. I would recommend listening to it. Um, I certainly will. That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, that's a great answer. Uh, that's some I've never actually heard of them. Um, okay. I realize we have not talked much about video games. There are like video, other <laughs> video games, which is fine, which I think our conversation has been great. But I'm curious, top three favorite video game soundtracks of all time. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, man, um, I don't have an answer for this. I mean, I don't really play many video games. Uh, that's totally like, cool. I can respond with the top three video games that come to mind right now. <laughs> and first is Starcraft for some reason. And that's a good soundtrack to it. Starcraft has an awesome sound. It's got like that nineties chorus guitar. And it's it just brings like me epic. back, dude. <laughs> 1997 <laughs> brings me back. Oh man. I love that game. Um, I also really, uh, I guess Super Smash Bros is a, is a good game. That's quality, good yeah. quality, quality soundtrack. Um, and then I'm just gonna like for whatever reason what comes to mind is uh, I think it's Jedi Knight. Uh, it's like a Star Wars game where you like control like heck your, yes lightsabers fighting. It's <laughs> one of my favorite games of all time. I'm a no. huge Star Wars guy. I love Jedi Knight. I've probably this game's like 20 years old or something ridiculous. I probably downloaded it and played it <laughs> on my on my you know Windows 10 PC like four times in the past 10 years. It's so yes. good. It really is. I, I and the multiplayer in that game is phenomenal too. I bet you there's yeah. still a community playing online if you wanted to like duke it out with people. I would not be surprised. It yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Cool, man. Okay. So next question is your favorite piece of gear or plug-in. And this can be like physical, digital gear, something that you just couldn't live without. I, I kind of want to say the glockenspiel. I mean, I just love, I love, I have what's sitting right here and it's like, I, you know, it requires other instruments. Like I'll require a microphone and then my software, but um, yeah, I'm going to say the glockenspiel. Nice. That's awesome. Um, I had somebody recently say my mouse and I was like, yeah, that's a really underrated piece of gear. We don't, <laughs> we don't really like, you know, that's like the unsung hero. We yeah, use it so much. I was that's like, yeah, I never thought of that. But I really like the Glockenspiel too. That's great. Yeah. I mean Ableton so, is but that's like sure. a software. So Sure. Ableton is awesome and really great for like sculpting sound, which is why it sounds like it's like right up your alley for the kind of stuff you want to make. Um, okay. I think that you mentioned that you your day job is not doing music or not doing game music, obviously, but what would your this is a question I have. What would your career be? If it wasn't doing game composition, which I guess would be like, what is your career right now or your, <laughs> yeah. or your dream career? Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's an interesting place. Uh, so I'm, I literally about to finish my PhD in oceanography in a month. That sounds amazing, dude. Right. So like, like what, what do you study in oceanography? Like, is that different from like marine biology? Yeah, it is. And it's particularly what I do is called ocean optics. So what we do is we, try to understand how light interacts with the ocean. So, I mean, the highest level is there are satellites that are taking 
images of the ocean and we try to interpret those images to tell you things like how much chlorophyll or how much productivity is going on or what's in the ocean if it's clear things like that um uh so yeah the alternate dream job would be to uh, can to to actually kind of go the professor route and be a professor in oceanography which i think i'm my plan is to do both <laughs> so that is so interesting i have never I, I'm just so curious now, what led you to that career? Did Have you just always loved the ocean and had a passion for, you know, yeah. studying that? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a scientist at heart and I think it really shows in my music and my process where I'm really trying to understand and experimenting with sound. Um, and so I love science and I could see myself doing a lot of science, but yeah, when I was a, I think 12 years old, I became scuba certified and I went on, you know, trips with my family to the Caribbean and to scuba dive. And I've always been really into environmental science in general. Um, and, you know, this was just a natural progression for me to go from um, studying the earth to studying the ocean uh, and kind of just going deeper. But, you know, I really, I'm a scientist, so... Uh, I just, it's, I just got lucky. I think that oceans also excite me and that there's a field where I can combine them the two. That is really cool. Well, man, this has been such an interesting conversation. I'm really, uh, it's really, really a, a pleasure to, to hear, hear from you and talk to you and hear a little bit about your journey. It's just been really cool. Really interesting. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for reaching out. You know, it's, uh, feels good. Uh, and, um, great questions. And this has been a great conversation. <laughs>